God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we read Colossians chapter 1, um, we're going to continue on this morning in our lesson on significance. And really, it is my prayer uh, as we lead up to Christmas that we really understand that. And through your giving, giving really is the only way to have a life of significance, to make an impact with your life and through that. But then we understand all that God has put in our life to enable us to be givers, it is powerful, and it's very releasing at the same time. It brings a great relief. So many times we, we hinder because we think we have to bring the supply to the table. God has never asked His people to bring anything to the table to supply for what He has. He asks for our agreement, but He doesn't ask for us to pay for the whole thing or to make the whole thing possible or to have all the gifts or have all the ability. He fills us. With everything that we need. That's why I, I always use the illustration. The best way I know to do it is when Jesus fed the multitude. How many know that Jesus knew before he asked that they didn't have enough to feed them? It wasn't, he didn't go like, oh man, I'm so surprised you guys didn't bring enough food. He wasn't surprised that they didn't have enough. John chapter 6 says that he already knew what he was going to do. If you, if you and I could ever grab a hold of that, that when God is asking you to do something, He's not asking you to provide for it to happen, to pay for the whole thing. He's only asking for your act of agreement. Even as you just gave, you honor God with the tithe. God said, hey, if you honor me with the tithe, I will open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing you can't contain. So he's already purposed what he wants to do. He just needs an active agreement. Everything he asks us to do is just agree with what all he already has purposed and knows that he's going to do in connection in our lives. Do you understand that? And when I believe that, it just releases all the strip. Well, I can't have, I don't have enough, I don't do, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how I would ever do that. I'd ever do it. He didn't ask you to do it. He asked you to agree with what he wants to do through your life. Are you with me this morning? Praise the Lord. So look at Ephesians chapter 2. Before we read Colossians 1, let's look at the verse on our outline. I put the same verse back there because it's so powerful with what we're talking about. Now, unto him who is able. Everybody say able. able. Now look at this. To do exceedingly and abundantly above. How many know that's a lot? Above all that we ask or think. So the next time you think you know what God can do, he says, I do more than that. The next time you think you have it all figured out, the next time you think what the answer is, just, you know, sometimes it's good not to think. My wife accuses me of that all the time. Told me I'm a trained professional, not thinking. Amen. Now what? <clears throat> but watch this. According to the power that works in us. So wait a minute. There's a power that is working in you, or that will work in you, or that is available to work in you. But where did that come from? It's not your power. It's God's infusion of His life into you. So according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Make this confession with me. Father, I thank you that it's your determined purpose for everyone to live a life of significance. That you might manifest your fullness 
through our lives from eternity into time. Make yourself, making yourself known. Today I choose to follow your Holy Spirit so that I might live a life of significance, making an eternal impact in the lives of others according to eternal purpose and plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Father, I thank you in these next few moments. Lord, that by your Spirit, you will come and you will open the eyes of our understanding. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you will open our hearts to receive. I thank you that the Word will be sown in our hearts. It will take root. It will find good ground. And it will bring forth the promise 30, 60, and 100-fold change of your life into ours. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 1. And just before we read that, let's read the introduction. Follow with me as we go through the introduction on the bottom of our outline. Success is bound in time and is for the most part tied to self. But true significance is stamped with eternity and for the most part is tied to others. Our lives really become significant when we start connecting with other people's lives. And when we believe that God wants, that, that He so equips us and empowers us and enables us really to make significant difference in somebody else's life. Our natural success in this world will not follow us into eternity. And I said it last week. I, I, I kind of get uh, frustrated with Donald Trump. I, it's cool that he can stand up and say, I'm worth $8.5 billion. I'm really crazy, super, super, super rich. But the, the bottom line is that I don't care how really crazy, super, super, super rich he is. If he doesn't do something that impacts a life that has a connection to eternity, it doesn't amount to spit. Because if he takes his last breath today, none of that $8.5 billion will follow him into eternity. Only what you do in connection with God's eternal plan in the lives of others has eternal significance. Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, multi-billionaires, wonderful, awesome. Do something of significance with it. Make a difference in a life for eternity, not just for time. Doing all right? That's why sometimes, if you understand that, remember when Jesus says, he that is first will be last, and he that is last will be first. Remember when he sat by the offering and he watched the widow put in her last mite? And he said, the widow who put in all of her livelihood gave more than those who put in their abundance, a portion of their abundance. So Jesus said, though they put in multitudes more than her, theirs had no significance, but hers did. The kingdom principle, if I can help you just turn everything around, man, what a breakthrough, praise the Lord, to watch this. Only those things we do through the infusion of eternity into time by the power of the Holy Spirit have eternal value. Man is obsessed with becoming as successful as he can in his little space of time. While God offers to man the significance and the fullness of a life in Christ that follows him into eternity. Colossians chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. Look at that. 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. If you look at the definition of apostle, an apostle is a sent one. The Lord appeared unto Paul. He says, Paul, I've appeared unto this purpose to send you. To send you. How many have ever, if your kids are old enough to drive, how many have ever sent your teenager to the store for groceries? Anybody? No? Margaret said, no, it ain't happening. Amen. No. Well, or you sent somebody or dealing with that. But if you did, if you ever sent your children to the store, you as the authority of the home, you called them, you, you, you empowered them, you supplied them, you sent them. And uh, we've sent Cody and our other children to the store. They, take, they have our ATM. We give them our number and do all that stuff. So they go, they buy the grocery. But we've empowered them. We supplied them and we sent them. They were an apostle to the store. They were an apostle for groceries. They were, they were sent. They were under authority. They were provided for. Are, are you listening to me? They had an assignment. They were to go on to do that, accomplish that, and then come back. That, that's the essence of a sent one. Many times we, that, that we over-spiritualize a lot of things, and we miss the practical truth. Every one of us has a degree of apostleship over our life. God has something that he wants to send you to do. And when he sends you, he will send you under his authority, and he will send you supplied with his provision to accomplish it. Every Christian is to be a sent one. Everybody has different offices, have different administrations, have different places where they stand. But God wants to send every one of you to help fulfill his eternal purpose and plan to put significance in your life. Are you doing all right? Hallelujah. So Paul says he's an apostle sent. Verse 2, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the, God our fa- from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you always since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope. Everybody say hope. So because of the hope that is laid up before you, so we're going to talk about this a little bit this morning. So because of the hope that is laid up before you, okay, in heaven. So where's the hope at? Is it in this place of time? No, our hope isn't here. It's in heaven. Of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it also is amongst you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. That you may be filled. Everybody say filled. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now that's something else we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about being filled in just a moment. And then we're going to talk about the last thing, His will, with the knowledge. So that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, which is connected to His eternal hope. Amen? All right. So what? That you, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and what? spiritual understanding that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. And I'm just going to give you my input on this. As you take when I give you my input, you can take it or leave it how you will. I believe we are in a culture that's fighting against soundbite theology. 
You're fighting against a devil who, who has a huge plan. Let, let, let me just give you a, an illustration. We are not taking radical Islam or militant Islam is a better term seriously enough. We do not understand the full network of structure that is in place and the plan to do harm and war against society as a whole. In the same way the church doesn't understand the full plan of the enemy against them. And if you're not filled with knowledge and spiritual understanding, you're going to miss it. So if we think, as long as I just have a few nights, a few little sippets, a few little clips, you're not going to defeat an, an army that is organized. When you study a lot that's been going on, you find out how long the plan has been motioned, for how many years, for decades and decades, things are happening. When you see something surface up, it didn't just show up without a lot of planning and, and, and positioning and strategery behind it. For all of the social change that we are seeing. The orchestration of the social change that we are seeing. The redefinition of our government. The re-identification of gender identity. All the different things that we are seeing and things that are happening. None of that took place in just a couple of weeks. There's been an engineering and a plan behind that. But if we don't live with an awareness about that, we wonder how does the enemy, it seems like, jump on the scene all of a sudden and have so much influence and impact. Because we're continually being reduced down. It's all right. You don't have to be. Da, 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 da. Amen. And we get down. And, 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 and we're getting into Twitter faith mentality. Just give me a tweet of what I need to know. Give me a 139 character sermon. Give me a sermon at, not a teaching. All right, moving right along. Okay, so Paul says that, that, we, that we're increasing in the knowledge of God, but you're not going to increase in the knowledge of God without spending some time in the Word, some in-depth time. Are we doing okay? All right. And then verse 11, strengthen with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and what? Long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Now watch this, has delivered us from the powers of what? Darkness has translated into us in the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. For He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have what? The preeminent, the proper play. So last week we gave it to you. We gave you infinity out here, and we gave you infinity over here, and uh, we gave you the timeline, and we told you, and then, but this week it changed a little bit. In creation, God created, we live in this place called earth. God, who is outside of time, exists in all of this, if you would. But in, in eternity, there was a time of creation, that we see that God created the heavens, okay, and the earth, and in that, 
He created, and this is all part of his eternal plan. And then in this, he creates man. He creates the earth, and then he creates man. And he says, let us make man in our image. And he creates man. And then God breathes into this man the breath of what? Life. Life. Okay? And man becomes a living being. All right? And then man's walking there. And in this place, in eternity, when man is living, there's no time in this space right here. And then man is just living and walking with God. And while man's walking there, he's taking him says, oh, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's true. So he makes him a hot chick. <laughs> you know, and they hang out together and all's cool. And that, she actually had nice legs. And everything going along. And then, uh, and then they're cool and everything hanging out. And they're just walking with God. Everything's going good. And then outside, there's another being that is an eternal being. And he lives over here and outside of here. And so he says, oh, I understand. I get it. God created man to be filled. Filled. Paul said that you be filled. God created man to be filled. I said, I'll try that. I'll come and I'll offer him a lie. All right. And he says, oh, and I understand because I also am a spirit. And man was a vessel to be filled with spirit. And the only thing in this realm that has authority is what God created and gave authority. So if I want to operate in here, I have to come through the vessel of authority. So I will give a lie and I'll get him to choose a lie over life. Okay? And so man does that. And, 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 and so in the lie, there's two trees. This one is a tree of life. This one is the tree of knowledge. Okay? And when the lie comes, man chooses the wrong tree. And the moment he chooses the wrong tree, time begins. And you and I get born into this little parenthetical space. But here we're talking about a hope, but this hope is wrapped up in the eternities. And which is why, the, I shared it last week, which is why when you look at science and you look at everything, they're saying, hey, what happens is back here, the earth, we're finding dinosaurs and we're finding all these things and, and there's billions of years. We've got this dating process. There are billions of years there. And so we're finding all these things and that. But yeah, all this stuff was going on until time began. Are we doing okay? And every promise you have, every hope you have in God is to get you. And so now man is living in here. And for this purpose, I want you to see two things. This was Adam. Okay. And over here in time, I want you to just think of two men this morning. This is Christ. Okay? So man in time, outside of time, man made a choice that brought man into time. But God says, I need, I need to redeem. The whole plan of redemption is to get you and I who were born in here out of time into the hope of eternity. Okay? Everything God's doing. Everything God's doing in the earth is for one purpose. To get you out of time to make sure you spend eternity with Him. 
Everything else is insignificant. Make all your billions of dollars, do all that stuff, have all the success you want to do. But God says, I created you, man, to be significant. And significance will dwell with me for all of eternity. So in order to do that, I will come and I will again fill man with my spirit. Doing okay? All right, so I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but stay with me on that. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19. So Jesus, we find, look, Jesus created all things. So all this stuff, all things were created by him and for him. Everything consists in him. But our problem is, is we've been living right here. And all of your thinking, I need to take Jesus out of here for a minute. He's ahead of his time. We got him ahead. He has to come at the appointed time. I got him ahead of his time. Kind of like a lot of prophecy teachers. All right, here we go. Yeah. So, so man is in here, but right here in our mind, all of our thinking is shaped with the philosophy of time. Okay? God doesn't even think about time. God doesn't you know, God is just Now, he was one. Now faith is. How many know when you get to God, with eternity, you're not going to have a concept of time. People go, how long is eternity? It's not even a factor. It is infinity. It's, 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 there's no link to it. Are, are you doing okay? It just, it is. Well, I don't understand that. Good, you're, you're, you're starting. Are we doing all right? It's when we try to understand. Well, how long is eternity? Well, a day with the Lord is a thousand years. No, that's because you're not supposed to try to measure it. It's beyond your comprehension. It's like I said last year about the light speed. Light speed. 180,000 miles, 168,000 miles an hour per second. Per second. The speed of light. Zoom. In one second goes 168,000 miles. Okay? And now you can't even calculate. So when they said that the telescope, and, and they've looked out there 9,000 light years away, that we've, science has said, we've been able to come out here 9,000 light years away. 9,000 years times 168,000 miles per second. How many is that? Somebody do the math real quick in your head. <laughs> you, you can't count. It's, it's beyond comprehension. And when they get out here, they said that's just the border. And what we see out here is galaxies are exploding. So when we get to as far as we've gone, there's still an explosion of creation taking place out past that. And there's a, on the other end, where's the other? There is no end. And so when I understand that, where are you living? In, in living in Christ, I'm living in a place. I'm a man without an end. Hallelujah. But why? Everything about your life is how to make time better. Everything, almost everybody. Look at Black Friday. Everybody says, I'm going to go waste time 
breaking in with other people, trampling innocent victims, stealing vegetable steamers from innocent children. I mean, saw that clip. Oh, God. Jimmy, go get that steamer. Give me that, boy. Wow. I'm going to spend my time to make my time better. When I have an offer from God to be filled with His fullness, to let His significance flow through me out of time into all of eternity. Glory to God. All right, stay with me. Verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in Him all fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him were the things on the earth, in heaven, all things, having made peace through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 21, And you who were once alienated in enemies, in what? Enemies in what? Your mind. So this mind, you have a mind that is as an enmity with God. An enemy of God. And so God, that's why God doesn't talk to your mind. He speaks to your heart. God doesn't speak to your head. He's looked in there. It scared him. He says, I'm not going there. Even God won't go there. So he speaks to your heart. And out of the heart, With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and then he speaks and confesses salvation. Think about it. So we were alienated. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy, blameless, and irreproachable in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up my flesh... What is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Or in other words, Paul said, I've chosen to live a life of significance by allowing God to flow through my life for the benefit of others. Verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship or the dispensation, as we saw last week in Ephesians 3, of the grace of God from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God and the mystery which has been hidden from the ages. Wow. Watch this. And the mystery which has been hidden from the ages, from all generations, but now is revealed to his saints. So there has been a mystery hidden prior to Christ's coming. There was a mystery hidden in eternity. And God said, this is what I'm doing. I'm now coming to man and through man. And in that mystery, we, we, we read it last week in Ephesians 3, that through the church, God might make known to principalities and powers the eternal purpose. Because see, Satan only sees, he, he's not an omniscient God. He's not an all-knowing being. He, he only knows what he sees. He, he only sees what God is, what, what exists. He can only see what exists both in time and outside of time. And he sees and he knows what's going on. So his plan has to operate in what is, not in what is yet to come. Do you understand that? 
That's all he can work by. And so he does that and he says, well, okay, I see that man was created to be filled, so I'm spirit. He's created for spirit, so I'll try that. And it worked. Okay, that worked. Da-da-da-da. And then I get entrance in here, and now I get to exercise my will in the earth just like God through his vessel of authority. Wow. So look at the mystery that has been hidden from the ages, from generations, but now has been revealed to us, saying, to them God willed to make known. God willed to make known to you, my friend, what are the riches of the glory of the mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end we also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Now for time's sake, I don't have time to go back through the whole introduction. So I want you to look at the second page of your outline. Inside at the very bottom, I I want you to catch it. The only way... For eternity, God in eternity, to come into time is into that which is in time was created to receive Him. Man, you are the only person. Look, Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. you. Some of us are fuller than others. No, I just teach. <laughs> Christ in you, the what? The hope of glory. So we're filled with Christ, with this eternal hope. Now, we still believe in the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, if Christ is in me, how much of God is in me? Huh? All of Him. Is it like a mini-me God? Is, is, is it like God a dwarf? Is it a shrunk-down portion of Him? No, it's the fullness of God. That you being filled with the fullness of God. But nothing, time can't contain him, but God ordained that you could be filled with this fullness. And then out of that fullness, his eternal purpose would work through your life, making your life significant. And every person that receives Christ, every person is born again, is born of the Spirit. And you receive the Spirit of God and the Spirit of life. And then we're filled. Not only we're filled with the Holy. I love what Jesus said in John 16. If you love me, you keep my command. Then the Father and I will come and make our abode with you. We will come live in you. So I got Jesus in there. I got the Father in there. And I got the Holy Ghost in there. Amen. And they're not in there like quickly move over. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know it sounds silly, but you have to understand, God is spirit. And in the fullness of his spirit, he can come fully into a man. Now watch, I guess the best way to illustrate this, that spirit doesn't have size. Remember, we talked about the the man from the tomb of Gadara a few weeks ago. 
And Jesus set him free and set him in his right mind. And, and, and when he began to converse with this demon, okay, or this demon and, and this demonic spirit inside the man, speaking through the man and talking to you, Jesus says, who are you? And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. My name is Legion. A legion is a minimum of 6,000. Not 2,000. There was only 2,000 pigs. But a legion is a minimum of 6,000 plus even, even more than that, okay? With, with if in, in, in military terms. So here's one man with 6,000 demons inside. And they weren't crowded either. Do you understand what I'm saying? But until I get that, until my mind gets renewed to what it really means, what happened when I am born again? What happens when I receive the life of God? When Jesus said "He that to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because what's born of the Spirit is Spirit. And what's born of the flesh, you need to have the Spirit, the life of God. God created man. In the beginning, He created him to breathe His life into him. That His plan and His eternal purpose, which began... Listen, it's an eternal purpose. It began back here. The lie came in. Man made the wrong choice, and we created ourselves into time. But God said, I'm getting man. I'm redeeming. The plan of redemption is from this point that time began to get man out of time into a new heaven and a new earth and a new eternity with him forever and he says the way I'm going to do it is I will accomplish my plan through men and women just like you men and women of significance Pastor Elwood and Yada were here in first service to say goodbye from Liberia they're heading back December 18th to go back to Liberia to plant another church to continue the work on building the orphanage there how does a young couple from a country like Liberia a poverty riven country now facing the pandemic of uh, recovering from the pandemic of Ebola and the crisis there but they're going to go back how does a couple believe that God could use them? Because they're just silly enough to believe I am born of God and God by His Spirit dwells on the inside of me and He fulfills His purpose through my life and it's His will that somebody would reach Liberia with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I choose to be a man or woman of significance. What if we begin to believe that we are God's people of significance right here in El Dorado County and that we could change this whole county. We could birth a revival. We could start a chain, a transition. I either believe that or I just go home and sit down in my chair and go on about my life because my life has no meaning and I have no purpose and I have no resources. Oh, quit. You're feeling God. It's on the inside of you. Amen. If we could open you up, your wall to wall, Holy Ghost. Amen. On the inside. They just did that. They, they, there's that thing I haven't seen, watch the video, but they just said they did a, a face transplant. They took somebody's face off and put it on somebody else. I'm going to sign up if I could get one with hair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, but, but, to, to, but, but see, they, they put a new face on there, but the person, is, that's not the real person. And we might see your face, but God's on the inside of you. And when you become God inside-minded, when you believe that the God of eternal purpose and glory wants to work through your life, it changes everything about you. We lose all the significance and boundaries of time and the restriction. Everything is connected to restriction when we think in the boundaries of time. 
Look at the last page of your outline, if you would, or on the inside there, the second page inside. So God's eternal plan has always been for man to be filled with his life. Significance is what flows through our life. See, both God and Satan are fillers. Both have a will and purpose. God's purpose is for the fullness of his life to flow through us. Satan's purpose is for his plan to be accomplished through us as well. 2 Timothy 2.24 says this, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may what? Know the truth. Now watch this. And that they may come to their senses and what? What's the next word? Escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to what? To do his will. So there's a way that Satan literally comes to people and takes them captive to do his will. Wow. But Paul says, hey, Timothy, Timothy, look, Timothy. Listen to me, my friend. Look look what Paul just said. Hey, Timothy, God's plan for you as a man of God, as a woman of God, That his purpose would so flow through your life that you could come in contact with men and women who have been taken captive by the devil to do his will and you could set them free with the truth of the gospel. And take them out of his plan and put them back on the plan of eternal hope. Look at the next verse, John 13, verse 25. John, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, said to him, Lord, is it I? And Jesus answered, speaking of who would betray him, Lord, is it I? He said, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now Now after the piece of bread, what? Satan what? Satan entered him. Wow. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason. See, God knows. God knows. God knows your heart. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit searches the hearts of men. And see, Judas could never get past his mind to his heart. Judas was a zealot. The zealots wanted one thing. They wanted to overthrow the Roman government. They were rebels. Judas wanted one thing from God, from Jesus. He said, Jesus, I want you to be king. If you'll rise up and be king, we can, over, we can get rid of the Romans out of our land and we can reestablish the throne of David. If you're him, if you're the Messiah, then I want the kingdom. Re- remember what the disciples asked Jesus? Are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? Jesus thought, I'm going to make God do what I want. How do people get in trouble? It's when you get a plan of what you think God needs to be doing in your life. 
And you become open. Oh, well. And then Satan entering his heart. Using, oh, it was in here. In my mind, I didn't do that. And so I'm never going to have my heart open to him. And so Satan entering him used his will against his own heart to accomplish his plan to crucify the Lord. Are you with me this morning? If we don't understand that, we miss it. How the devil works in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's there in your outline. And see, God knows, here's what messes people up. Because God, when it says that people are pre, God knows what you're going to choose in your heart. He knew that Pharaoh would harden his heart. But he still gave him ten chances to make a right choice. If he knew he was going to harden his heart, why didn't he just destroy him all and take him out in the first place? Why didn't he just kill him with the first plague? Why didn't he just wipe them all out with the death angel? Because God always gives man a space of repentance. Are you with me? What messes us up is everything God does in the earth has to be... I'm running out of room up here. Everything God does has to be righteous and just. Okay? And God can't give anything that is contrary to His nature. You know, we have a fireplace at home and a wood-burning stove insert there. We use it to heat the house. I never go to the fireplace to get ice cubes. It's impossible. Impossible. You look at me and say, oh, could I have some ice? I said, yeah, just go down there and fire. Get some out. What? Are you crazy? No, go get some ice out of the fireplace. Well, you can't. Fire cannot produce ice. Oh, great revelation. What a spiritual thought. God can't give anything. No, I'm serious. God cannot give anything contrary to His nature. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, gentleness, temperance, meekness, pay. God is good. Everybody say good. God is a good God. He is a loving God. He is a kind God. Jesus says, as your will in heaven, Heavenly Father, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If it isn't being done in heaven, everything that we think, oh, I get healed and he went in heaven, he'll get his perfect healing in heaven. He'll get this in heaven. We get everything in heaven. So how do we get hell coming out of heaven to earth? Through death and disease and destruction. God doesn't do that. Are you with me? God doesn't send that. In this space of time, you know what entered this space of time? There's something that entered this space of time, and that's called corruption. And this is a place of death. Are you doing all right? Death, disease, decay, corruption. And unfortunately, while we're here in this little time, we're having to deal with all of those issues. And God graces us. And, 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 and with this comes this amazing grace that we endure all things. We make it through all things. We're strengthened. Jesus says, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world because I'm filled with the hope that's part of His will that is not confined to time. It's part of eternity. Amen. Is this too much on Sunday morning? I had heads blown off in the first service. People were like... Bubble. Amen. So what? 2 Corinthians 4 there in your outline. The worship team will come back. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Watch this. Whose minds the God of this age has what? Blinded. 
who do not believe, watch, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So the God, Satan, who is the God of this age, in his decisive plan, has come in to blind the minds of men from hearing the truth and holds him bound. But yet God, as Paul said, he sends us to preach this gospel and the glorious light of the gospel will shine upon men's heart. And he does it because God purposed to work through you and I. Think about it. Skip down to the bottom of your outline. Significance is defined by our God. There are some who like to believe that man has no choice in the matter of his outcome in life. But God has always set a choice before man to accept or reject his plan. Man is the third factor in the equation of eternity. See here, you have Satan and you have God. But then man's right in the middle of this. And you're the third factor. Every one of you in here has a will. Satan has a will. God has a will. Satan's purpose is this. He has come to steal, to kill, and to what? Everything he does is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He does it through deceitful lies, through deception. He continually comes, sowing seeds of deception, that he might steal, kill, and destroy. What is he stealing? Come on. He's not a, Satan's not after things. He's after, from the beginning, he was in heaven. With God around the throne. He's the anointed cherub that covers. And then he says, Oh, I'm just going to ascend above God. And I'm going to get the glory that God is getting. And God said, It doesn't work that way, Bubba. And cast him down. Amen? And so, what God is doing, what Satan is doing today, he's still after worship. And so he comes, and, and through his deception, through his life, and through the document, he gets men. And he takes them captive at his, at, at, at his will. And he has men worshiping him. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. We have TV shows where we discover talent. Musical talent in people, and we call it American American what? Idol. American Idol. Who will be the next American? And then America votes on their next idol. And then we go to their concert, we listen to their music, and we raise our hands and we worship them. Margaret, you need to hit the altar this morning. I'm telling you right now. Yes, sir. But we think all that is innocent. Nothing innocent about that. You watch all the con- you watch all the things that are happening, and what's happening? Worship is going out. And how's it going out? It's going out through music. And Satan was the anointed cherub in heaven, and he was the worship leader of heaven. And there's an anointing on music. That's why, isn't, isn't, isn't music powerful? How come there's songs from your childhood you could hear? How many know all of us could sing the Barney song right now? No, don't start. Because there's a song goes on, my friend. It goes on. Anyway, 
the song that never ends. See, now it's all in your head, huh? Everyone is thinking of the Barney song. Where'd that come from? See, it gets in you. It gets in you. And it comes up. So he's out. He's been out to get worship from man. And God's been out to redeem. And there's such a great eternal plan. And I wish we had, I just, I'm a, can I just share something with you? Everybody says, I want to be, I meet young men all the time. I want to be a pastor. I want to be, I want to preach the gospel. The most frustrating part of the gospel in preaching is this. I'll end right here. I had, so far I've taken 45 minutes to try to explain to you an eternal plan. And some of you checked out 20 minutes ago. Because it was too much. But you have an adversary who is working and a God who is working. And you're going to have to find to win, to be an overcomer. You're going to have to break through the barriers of time and all the thoughts about time that restrict you to break into. You're going to have to find time. People say, I just don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to be involved. I don't have any time. 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 But everybody has the same amount of. And yet there are all kinds of people doing different things with their time. Because time either becomes my excuse or it becomes my power. And if I ever think I only have this much time. One last scripture. Turn me to Ephesians chapter 5. Say, Pastor, okay, I'll wrap it up in one verse. Ephesians chapter 5. See, we're just talking about being significant. And if I ever understand that God wants to come into my life, every one of us, fill me with this fullness to put His significance in my life so that during my space of time, I could be a part of His eternal purpose. Life changes. Ephesians 5, verse 15, watch this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16. Redeeming the what? The time. Because the days are... Okay, now walk around. How many could say today that we've seen a few evil days lately? We saw some idiot in Colorado have another shooting. We see all the crisis that's going on everywhere. The things happening everywhere. We're just in evil. Paul says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. 
because the days are evil. Walk aware. Walk circumspectly. Walk upright. Walk fully conscious. Watch it. Verse 17. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understanding what? What? What the will of the Lord is. And guys, let me show it to you like this. God has one thing He's doing. He's accomplishing His eternal purpose and plan. God started over here before He ever created the earth. And God had an eternal plan. Okay, that's it. What's God doing in the earth? He's doing His eternal plan. It started before time. It started before the earth. Before, before the foundations of the world. He had, we heard about Christ before the foundation of the world. Before all this got started. And that eternal plan is passing through time. And God tells you how to step onto it and how to be a part of it. Through Christ. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. You might be here today and as of yet. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might be here and you think, you know what? I have all kinds of time to get saved. It's not, time, it's not my time yet to live for God. It's not my time yet to be sold out. It's not my time. I have a lot of other things I need to do with my time. It's not time yet to do that. I still have lots of time to say yes to God with my life. My friend, God brought you here today at this time, at this moment. To ask you to choose Him. And to choose life. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Never given your life to Him. Then I want to pray with you right now. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. That's you. You know you need Christ in your life. You know you're living just by yourself. By your own will. Your own plan. Your knowledge of what's good and what's right. But God, you believe in God maybe with your head, but like your heart is still far from Him. But today you would open up your heart and your life and you would confess Christ as your Savior from your heart. That's you. I want to pray for you. Is that anybody? Raise your hand while we're praying. Anybody at all say, Pastor, pray with me. I'm going to give my life to Christ today. I'm receiving Him. Amen. Everybody saying you're saved, born again. Then while your heads are bowed, let me ask you this. How are you doing in time? Redeeming the time. Do you not have enough time? Do you understand how significant your life is in the plan of God? How He needs to flow through you? My prayer for you today is that every person could hear and rise up and understand how much significance God has placed in each and every one of your lives. If an old construction worker like me can get saved and help anybody, then anybody can do anything for God. If Elwood and Yada can go to Liberia and plant churches and build orphanages, then you can do great things for God too. If Sharwan in India can say I want to help kids and just start reaching out to kids and then have people from all over the world begin to partner with him because God already knew what he wanted to do for the kids in India then what could he do through your life what does God already know 
that He is going to do through your life if you would just agree. What multitude is waiting for you to believe in the significance of God? Would you stand with me this morning? I asked Him just to lead us in this song one more time before we go. And this morning, I'm just going to open this altar to you. Maybe there's something you need to do about saying yes to God and His significance in your life. Maybe just so many other things have pulled at you and time and all those things and just time and time and time and time. This time, ah. So you know what? I just need to take some time and spend with God and talk to Him. When was the last time you spent some time at an altar with God? Not because anything's wrong, but because you just want to know more. You want more of God just because of hunger, just because of desire, just because of a need to press, just because of a greater yes in my heart to God. As they lead us, the Spirit of God leads you. Maybe you would find a place of prayer this morning. Spend some time with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you need prayer for any area of your life, if you need healing in your body, if you need agreement in any area, we're here to pray with you. As they sing, you do what the Lord tells you to do this morning.
amazing things and Daniel it said they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits come on when we know God when we know and believe he lives on the inside of us that he ordained our lives for more than success but for significant for eternal impact and Psalms or Proverbs 11 says, He that wins souls is wise. That we gather righteousness. That, that we redeem souls for eternity. Gathering those fruits of righteousness. Father, it's our prayer today. Lord, that each and every one of us, Paul prayed, would have the eyes of our understanding open and enlightened. To believe the significance that you've set upon each one of our lives. Lord, that you would call us and send us and use us for your glory to accomplish your plan in the earth. Father, we say yes to you with all of our hearts. Help us to redeem our time. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Give the Lord a good praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.